1: Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. It's time for the latest on the Brewers, Bucks, and Packers with the Fan Afternoon Show on 1250 AM, The Fan. It is the
2: Fan Afternoon Show. I'm Toby Altizer. That is Sam Schmitz. We are live from the Lakeland University studios offering co op credit for work experience. Learn your way at Lakeland.edu. Want to dive into some football talk. Also, want to tell you about a podcast that you need to check out Baldy's Breakdowns. NFL training camps are going to begin next week. Baldy's Breakdowns has a special live podcast. Next Monday, July 25th at 9 a.m. Central, you can join former offensive lineman Brian Baldinger and NFL insider Jason Lockenfora as they dissect the storylines that'll shake up training camp. Get ready for the season with Baldy's Breakdowns on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. Always has great breakdowns of everything that you need to know with football, so make sure you check that out on Odyssey. One thing that'll be interesting to check out for the Packers this year is going to be the different position groups and how they fare. The big question mark is obviously the wide receiver room. But outside of that, outside of wide receiver, what position group worries you the most for the Packers this year? Outside of receiver, what position group worries you the most for the Packers this year? 414 799 1250. Or you can tweet us at 1250 a.m. The Fan. You know, obviously, wide receiver is a huge question mark for this team. Christian Watson, Romeo Dubs, Randall Cobb, Sammy Watkins, all those guys. How are they going to fare? So we get that that's going to be a question mark for this team, and we're definitely going to talk about the wide receivers plenty more throughout training camp, see how they're doing, all these different things. But I want to dive into the rest of the roster. What else worries you about this team? Because... If you're looking at this Packers team, they are very solid throughout, but what would worry you if you're just taking the wide receivers out of it? What position group worries you the most? There's a couple to me that I think need to improve or maybe there's a little bit of a depth concern that I would be a little bit concerned about. But overall, generally, this Packers team is pretty, pretty set let's start by looking at some ones that I think are pretty solid, and then we'll get into some that I have a little concern about. So I'm pretty happy with the running backs, obviously. You don't need to talk too much about that. Quarterback is fine. You look at offensive line, I think you got to be pretty happy with offensive line too, right? I mean, I don't think there's anything too concerning about the offensive line outside of what does David Bakhtiari look like, and even so... It'd be different for most teams if David Bakhtiari was their left tackle and they had something unsure about him. They would be really scared. But with Packers fans, I don't even know how scared you are if David Bakhtiari can't suit up. Because Josh Nijman showed you that he can be a solid left tackle last year. You'd like to see Elton Jenkins come back healthy and get back on the field. But even so, I think you're pretty happy with the O-line. So as far as offense goes... I think that pretty much settles it because some of the other ones have question marks. On the defensive side of the ball, I think the defensive line is pretty set. At least the interior defensive line, I think that's pretty good. Jaron Reed, Wyatt, Kenny Clark. You actually gave Kenny Clark some help inside. I think you got to be pretty happy with that. And then you look at the linebackers up the middle. Chris Barnes, Clay Walker, and obviously Devondre Campbell. I think you're pretty happy with that as well. So I think when we look at some of the other things that maybe are weaknesses and depth problems, those are the strengths of the Packers. Here's the ones that I have a little question about going forward that are a little bit concerning to me. So number one would be tight end. I think that one's pretty self-explanatory. Who is playing tight end for the Packers? One, Mercedes Lewis, Josiah DeGuara. That's not very exciting. And two, when does Robert Tunyon get back out on the field? Is he going to be ready to go right away? You know, you can read all these things from players, and we've you've gone through this before with whoever you want to bring up. Player X, Player Y, Player Z, whatever, says he'll be ready for training camp, says he'll be ready for week one. I mean, remember last year there were reports that David Bakhtiari might suit up for week one? There were reports that maybe he wouldn't have to go on PUP. And then he ended up only playing in week 18. So you're going to hear reports about Robert Tunyon. Oh, yeah, he's way ahead of schedule. That's great. It'd be more concerning if you heard that he was behind schedule. But we've heard that plenty of times. So I just want to see him on the field before I say, oh, yeah, he'll be back by this time. So Tanyan, that's a big question mark. And the tight end group in general, big question mark. Which doesn't go well when you consider that the receivers are question marks too. Because the weapons for Rodgers this year are going to be highly questionable. Very questionable. When you look at tight end and you look at wide receiver, not not the most confident group whatsoever. Then you look on the defensive side of the ball there really aren't a whole lot of things to be concerned about in terms of who's going to be playing. I think the concerns come in with depth. And maybe this is just being nitpicky. You know, we look at tight end and receiver, you're worried about the actual starters. You're worried about them and the depth and what kind of production you're going to get out of those guys. Edge rusher, corner, those two positions, I'm not worried about what I'm going to get out of the starters. I know what I'm going to get out of Sean Gary. I'm going to get... Nine sacks, 10 sacks. He's going to be a game wrecker. I know what I'm going to get out of him. Preston Smith, I'm interested to see what you get out of him. You've seen a good Preston Smith, and you've seen a pretty average Preston Smith. What kind of Preston Smith will you get this season? That's going to be an interesting thing to keep an eye on. But then who's playing behind those guys? Who's the backup edge rusher? That's where I'm a little worried. Because you have the draft pick out of South Carolina, Kingsley and Aguari. And is he just going to be your third edge rusher? Who else is going to be behind those guys when they need to have a break? Or, God forbid, one of those guys goes down. Who's going to be outside? Because that was one thing that was nice for the Packers last year once they brought in Merciless and you got Zadarius back healthy. In that playoff game, you could rotate guys around and use them in all types of different ways. This year, they've really only got two bona fide edge rushers that have had NFL experience. And maybe the guy out of Carolina can be good, but I don't want to depend on a rookie to play and be my just my third edge rusher right away. I'd rather have someone else if possible. One other option that they could use in regards to that is Quay Walker. I know he generally plays middle linebacker inside, Or maybe a little off the ball as well. But you could maybe use him as an edge rusher. Because think about what the Cowboys did last year with Micah Parsons. Similar body types. Parsons is obviously the better player. But similar body types, similar skill sets in a lot of ways. There were question marks about Parsons. And a lot of the same question marks are the same ones you heard about Quay Walker. They're both athletic freaks. Similar size. They can use that athleticism off the edge, and maybe they're not the most refined edge rusher. But ultimately, their hard work, their motor, and just their athleticism could get them to the quarterback. And so I'm thinking that maybe you could see some packages where instead of bringing in a different edge rusher, they could slide Quay Walker over there and use Chris Barnes in situations, because they're still going to use Chris Barnes. He's a solid enough player that you still got to get him on the field. But maybe that's something they consider. And then the other thing on defense that I think concerns me just a little bit in terms of depth is corner. And maybe you could just say defensive back in general. Yeah, they've got three solid ones. You've got Jair, you've got Stokes, and you've got Rasul Douglas. Those three are awesome. Probably the best corner... Trio in the league, and then you throw in the safeties with it, and Savage and Amos, and you've probably got the best defensive back starting pair in the league. Those five guys starting together, probably the best defensive back room in the league. The question for me is depth, just to, again, in case any of these guys go down or they need a break or anything of the sort, you know, it, it's football, there, there's going to be injuries. And so your your lineup can look awesome on paper, and your starting lineup can look great, but there does need to be some depth, and those are the concerns. And again, I think I'm getting a little nitpicky on the defense. I think really tight end is the one that really worries me. But what position group for you has you the most worried outside of wide receiver? 414-799-1250, or you can tweet us at twelve fifty a.m. The fan. Let's get out to Nate, who's on the north side. Nate, what's going on? Well,
3: it was good, Tony. I know you're tired of talking to me. Talking to
2: me today? No, Nate. You should just co-host for me today. I'm <laughs> never tired of you, Nate.
3: But uh, yeah, no. Uh, I think you hit on hit on two of mine. Um, I definitely think that uh, outside linebacker. Um, I, I do like the I, that if you if you had to get me ask me like who was the position that I'd be watching for in the preseason. Um, the Inibari kid, Bari, I'm definitely gonna be watching him go in the preseason because. I definitely feel that he's going to be either that fourth or that third, um, and then uh, I forgot the uh, other guy's name uh, from last year, number fifty-three. But I feel like he—that's a position that we are short at. Um, and with with Gary he, and how he runs the passer, you know, he, he's going to get nicked up every once in a while. So if you, if guys come in and and we lose a side of the passer or a game or or even a series um they could probably uh teams could probably uh pick on that on that side and stuff like that and then another thing is for me is it's safety um i know i know you said corner i feel like with three decent corners if one goes down you can probably just push the other guy push a third guy in the in the middle and then he he'll have help with Campbell and them in the inside but you still have two good quarters on the outside. But if you if one of your safeties go down and you don't really have a a third for a third and fourth safety back there, ain't, you you put more on Amos and then you you can't really run what Barry wants to run as far as bringing Amos down. You might have to leave him up there, um, bring his down. So I just feel like if they could just add another safety or one of these guys step up. I mean I. If push comes to shove, I feel like Rasul could go back there if somebody needed to, if we needed to uh, stint somebody like short term, but long term, they need to add another safety for me. That's probably the one I'm probably the most concerned about is safety.
2: Yeah, I think you're right because if someone goes down at corner, hopefully nothing long, but if someone were to go down, then you just shift over and you're still going to have at least two good guys. If someone goes down at safety, Savage or Amos, uh, you're not going to feel real confident about whoever fills in. And that's the positive thing about this defense and being so good is there are going to be injuries across this defense as the season goes on, but the rest of the team is so solid.
3: Yeah, most definitely. I could think think of a couple corners on our roster. I can't really think of our third safety. I can't think of Henry Black or or whatever. Mm Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I, th- I think that's about what you're going with. I'm not sure exactly who that third safety would be. You guys are telling me you're not confident in Vernon Scott, putting it all together? <laughs> I'm not. Tariq Carpenter, a guy they drafted, so maybe Sean him. Davis? I mean,
3: I like, I like <laughs> Tariq Carpenter, to be honest, though. I yeah. do like Tariq Carpenter um, because he's a very big body, and he can play, and he can, he can be that of safety that can hold a tight end if necessary, but he can also... He's also fast enough to where he can hold a, a slot guy if if needed too. So I, I liked him coming out um, in the draft, and I feel that he, he they worth it still. But like like Toby said, you don't want to have to count on a rookie in yeah. his first his first year to play a big part. You no. Know?
2: All right, Nate, appreciate it, man. No problem. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll get to you waiting on hold. It is the Fan Afternoon Show. I'm Toby Altizer. That's Sam Schmitz here on 1250 AM, The Fan. 1250 AM, The Fan. It is the Fan Afternoon Show. I'm Toby Altizer, and that is Sam Schmitz. I want to tell you about an... Odyssey podcast, you need to check out on the Odyssey app. Baldy's Breakdowns. NFL training camps are going to begin next week. Baldy's Breakdowns has a special live podcast next Monday, the 25th at 9 a.m. Central. Join former offensive lineman Brian Baldinger and NFL insider Jason Lockenfora as they dissect the storylines that'll shake up training camp. Get ready for the season with Baldy's Breakdowns on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. Asking you outside of wide receiver, what position group worries you the most for the Packers? Four one four seven nine nine twelve fifty, or you can tweet us at twelve fifty a.m. The Fan. Tim Allen joins the show coming up in about ten minutes. Until then, getting your phone calls again at four one four seven nine nine twelve fifty. Let's get out to James in Waukesha. James, what's going on, man?
4: Hey, Toby. Good Monday to you.
2: Yeah, good Monday. How you doing, James?
4: Good, good. I agree with you one hundred percent on tight end. Yeah, hey, uh, you had a. You or the big show had a topic a couple weeks ago on how to improve the red zone offense.
2: Oh, that would have been and, big show. Yep.
4: Yeah, right. And then there was another topic and just how to increase scoring. In and I looked up the numbers. In two thousand twenty, our tight ends had sixteen touchdowns. Now Robert Tunyon had eleven of them, right? Mm-hmm. Eight of them were in the red zone. Last year, our tight end scored four touchdowns. Think about that.
2: Yeah, I mean, you're going to need them to step up, especially considering you don't have a really proven receiver on the outside. Sammy Watkins, I guess, is semi-proven, but he's been nothing more than, what, a number three at best with the teams he's been on. And so you you don't have anything on the outside that's proven. Maybe you got Randall Cobb, who's a slot guy, but at this point in his career, do you want him playing a major role? So you have some guys that have spent some time in the league now. It's time for either you have Mercedes Lewis play a bigger role, which I think... I, well, and really? that's what I'm saying. I think for him, he's still just going to be your blocking guy, so here's your golden opportunity once again for Josiah DeGuara. Obviously, a lot rides on when well,
4: if- Tanya went, went down in week eight, so I'm just hoping, and he's a year injury, mm-hmm. so I'm hoping we can weather the storm to halfway through the season and, and he comes back and, and he is who he is. Uh, he's 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 really gifted. Okay. Yeah, he is. I, 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 he really is. And I mean, and and the importance of a tight end. George Kittle is George Kittle. Travis Kelsey is Joe. And, and Darren Waller. And I can go on and on. The the tight end is the wild card. Okay. He's going to be one on one always. And and maybe Aaron Jones can slot in and kind of fill that role in the slot. uh, Sure. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah. No, I I think you bring up a good point. And if you're going to be a team that's probably going to have to depend more on the run than they have in years previous, now would be the perfect time for your tight ends to step up as well.
4: Exactly. Right.
2: Appreciate the phone call, James. All right. 414-799-1250. Let's get one more phone call before we get to Tim Allen coming up here in just a few minutes. Mike is in West Dallas. Mike, what's going on, man?
5: Hey, how's it going, Toby? Good. How you doing, Mike? Good. By the way, that Godsmack intro is making me want to go back to my high school creatine days and hit some <laughs> hit some dumbbells. <laughs> I,
2: I got to be honest with you, dude. I I know like none of the bumper music, so okay. No, I love
5: it. I like it. I like it. It's different. Um, but anyways, I you know still a little bit of my thunder here, but I, I would go with tight end as well. Um, because with you know with wide receiver, if Watson isn't an impact player in year one. I, I don't think there's any question the Packers probably have the worst wide receiver room in the NFL. Mm-hmm. If he, if he at least a for a
2: contending one. team.
5: Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm talking about playoff teams. By far, they would have the worst. Um, but in, in terms of tight end, you know, you look at Robert Tanyan. There's probably 15 guys in the league I would take over him right now. So he's kind of the definition of an average NFL tight end. Um, and he's coming off a major ACL surgery. Uh, and ever since David Bakhtiari's you know surgery mishap, his career might be over at this point for all we know. I'm kind of nervous about it. You know, I, I don't know if he's going to come back and be the same player. And even when he was that, you know, 11 touchdowns, I think that's more of an aberration year, you know, than kind of an expectation for him to do that every season. And he's not really a field stretcher either. Uh, and then you look at Josiah Digwara. You know, I thought they way overdrafted him in the third round. I thought he was a fifth-round guy, along with, you know, a lot of other analysts were saying the same thing. And he's been a pretty big disappointment up until this point. Um, And Mercedes Lewis, you know, he's 100 years old, and he blocks for you. Um, So when you look at the tight end room, I I think it's kind of the definition of mediocre uh, at at this point, and that's if Tanyan comes back and is the same guy. I mean, what are your thoughts on that?
2: Yeah, I mean, it is very mediocre, and it doesn't go well. You know, it'd be one thing if you had wide receivers, you still had Devonte, and your tight ends sucked. Like, that'd be fine. Or it'd be one thing if your receivers stunk, and you had, a, you know, Jermichael Finley still on this team or something like that. That'd be different. But for both of them to be so bad at the same time, it's really going to put more emphasis on A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones, which I think is fine, but who's Aaron Rodgers getting the ball to is he can't just throw to the running backs the entire time and you're right these guys need to step up deguara he's got a chance this year you were drafted in the 3rd round we think it was an overdraft all right well let's prove us wrong this year prove us prove the packers right that they drafted you in the 3rd round and spent the draft pick on someone that was right or at least give us a semblance of that guy that they spent a 3rd round pick on don't don't just be there as a blocking guy because you need to help out in the passing game. That's the problem with a lot of these guys, Lazard. And that's awesome that you can help us in the blocking game, but we need something in the receiving game, and I just don't know that you're going to get it out of these guys
5: this year. Yeah, and I and I think the thing I'm most concerned with, Toby, in terms of the tight end, is they don't have a field stretcher in that room. Mm-mm. You know, I think Tunnyan's he's a decent, guy. he's a good red zone target. Uh, you know what I'm saying? He's got good hands, but he's not a field stretcher. So who's stretching the field for you? Watson? I mean that would be the only option I would say at this point. I think Watkins is more of like a he's a good route runner. He can occasionally go deep, but you don't you don't really have anybody to stretch the middle of the field or deep other than Watson at this point. See, the thing that um,
2: worries me is I think they've got some guys to stretch the field cuz I think Dubs or Watson can do that.
5: But is Dubs going to get any playing time?
2: I'm not you know, sure. The the I one like that, them. what I'm like worried them. about is who's going to be that middle of the field good route runner that's getting open on those intermediate routes, the things that Devontae would do. Yes, there's going to be no one that can fill in and take Devontae's role. I get that. But who's going to come in and be able to run that 15-yard in that you need in the offense? Is it just going to be Lazard or is it going to be someone else? Who's going to be the effective route runner that can go all over the field and run the routes as necessary? I just don't know that they have that guy. I think they've got some field stretchers because Watson and Dubs can do that, and I think they've got a bigger body guy in Lazard at wide receiver. I don't know that they have a number one type route running receiver on this team, and that's what worries
5: me. They don't. Uh, I think it's going to be Watkins. You know, I I think he's probably a little bit better than his recent numbers would indicate. He'll 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 be good
2: for you for three games, and then he'll go on (laughs) IR. You took my joke.
5: (laughs) What's your joke?
6: Uh, we were talking about when you were talking about Sammy Watkins. I like whispered in Toby's ear. I was like, "Yeah, he'll be doing that for about like a week."
5: <laughs> right, but I, I think Toby, I, I think you're putting a lot of stock in two rookies. When Rod, oh, 100 historically doesn't trust rookies. I mean, this we're assuming a lot that mm-hmm. Watson is actually going to get a lot of playing time, and so is Dubs. I think Watson and Dubs is are better than anybody they have right now, talent wise. Sure, I just don't know if they're going to get enough of an opportunity to make the type of impact that you need them to make to make up for the other deficiencies that they have in to- the pass-catching room.
2: Totally agree, Mike. Appreciate the phone call, man.
5: Yep. See
2: ya. All right, we're going to take a quick break here. When we come back, Tim Allen from the Gene Wagner Plumbing Baseball Post Game Show is going to join the show here to talk about the Brewers and disappointing end of the first half, but we'll recap the first half as well as do some draft mockery. That comes up next here on the Fan Afternoon Show with Toby and Say.
0: Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers over
1: Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.
2: 1250 AM, The Fan. It's the Fan Afternoon Show. I'm Toby Altizer. That is Sam Schmitz. And joining us now on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline from the Gene Wagner Plumbing Baseball Post Game Show, Tim Allen. Timmy, what's going on, man? Morning, boys.
7: It's the all-star break. Yeah.
2: How would you sum up that first (laughs) half for the crew, huh?
7: Oh, boy. Um, Well, there were some fun times along the way. (laughs) I mean, I will say that. You know, for everything that that they've gone through here, um, I would say it's acceptable. I would. I know we want more. They're a first-place team. They're seven games over. And for now... That would be my grade, acceptable. They turned in their homework. It wasn't great, but they turned it in. They didn't make an excuse. They didn't ask for more time. Now, what's what we're dealing with is what you do next, and and that's going to determine uh, everything moving forward. It, it just there's a run in this team. We just haven't seen the run yet. And we saw a four or five game winning streak in there. We did see some uh, pretty decent play along a stretch with the Cardinals, and Blue Jays, and Rays, and, and, and in that uh, window of time. But you know, we just haven't seen, you know, th- what what other teams have gone through. And that is, you know, I'll uh, cite a couple of obviously the Yankees, you know, but you could look at the Seattle Mariners, the Atlanta Braves, the Baltimore Orioles. These teams have gotten on a roll here and strung together some wins. This team is fully capable and. When you say, well, the pitching's let up a little bit, but the, I feel pretty good about Burns, Woody, and Lauer right now. There's three of your five. Aaron Asprey's got some work to do. I think they actually, uh, despite the numbers, I think they need Adrian Hauser back. Uh, that is sort of a, a, you know, a stabilizer, if you will. He's going to give you the innings. He's going to pretty much keep you in baseball games a lot better than Jason Alexander, and Jason Alexander – I'm not convinced he even gets another start for this team. I'm not convinced we don't see Jason Alexander, oh, I don't know, come April or May of next year, if we see him on, like, the Salt Lake City B's of the uh, Mariners AAA affiliate. I'm not, and no knock on him. He's, you know, he's grinded through some things. And, but how, how much can you – how often, can, Toby, can you send this guy out there with a five sixty ERA and traffic all over the base pass. There's no continuity well, and- to the baseball game. They're always struggling through an inning mm-hmm. defensively. Guys are on their heels. I mean, I don't know how how much longer you can go with that. They need Freddie Peralta, they need Adrian Hauser. If your final guy, if your sixth guy is Ashby, that's okay. Because and here's why. Yeah, he's not he's not putting up great numbers, but at least you're getting a payoff from him. And the payoff is is Jason Alexander part of your future? No. Aaron Ashby is. Let him work through the bugs here right now. Let him do that. Let him do that every six game if that because he is your future. You know, guys like Jason Alexander and doing a doing an opener and things like that just haul off and bring Ethan Small up. At least you get a payoff down the line to where they're they're going through their knocks, they're going through their uh you know, maturation and experience. And so I I don't think it's a horrible situation, but I think you'll see different decisions being made. You will see a tighter rotation down the stretch, and 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 I think there's a run in them. Just just to just to end that little note.
2: Yeah, and I think you put it, Tim. You and I usually go lockstep on how we feel about this Brewers team. At least this year, we have because the word I used. You know, we asked callers and listeners the first hour of the show, how would you describe the first half in a word? I use satisfactory. You said acceptable. Mm -hmm. Sam used a good word, uninspiring. We've heard things all over the spectrum, though. One person called in and said they stink. One said they've been great. We've heard a lot of lackluster was a good word, too. And I think that's honestly how you would describe this Brewers team, because I think we generally are more optimistic about this team in that Look where they're at, and look at the injuries, and look how poorly some of the guys have played, and we have faith that these guys will turn it around. Do you worry though, Tim, that some of that can be a little bit of a blind faith in reality? This team is maybe not as good as we expect them to be
7: but it, it, we we do live in the moment a lot, and so we see them losing three in a row and losing three or four to the to the giants, and we see Hader going through a little rocky. Patch right now, and and then we live in that moment, and we say, "Wow, they they're they're awful." Okay, every team can look awful at times. They need to clean some things up defensively. Everybody has gotten beat up a little bit in that bullpen, and that includes Devin Williams. People forget he took his rocky road right out of the chute here. He wasn't good starting this campaign this year. So if you if you look at the the cycles that that back end of the bullpen has been going through everyone's taking their lumps. Get them out of the way. And and that's another reason why it should be acceptable in the first half. Just get them out of the way. Hater's going through his, his troubles right now. Trevor Gott went through them, and his ERA isn't sparkling either. It's it's around four. Uh, I, I guess the only one, I guess there was a little bit of a rough rough patch for Hobie Milner, but Brad Boxberger has, has taken a beating at times. All these guys in the pen, get them all out of the way. I, I think there's just a just a pull your pull yourself off the mat kind of thing. Now, I say we live in the moment a little bit, um, and tra- Craig Council would, would call this fun with numbers. I think when I, I, I sometimes I, I'm confused by Craig Council. <laughs> I got to be honest. So when when he goes analytically to make decisions, that's not fun with numbers. But when a media member brings up, hmm, these things don't look right. Oh, you're just having fun with numbers. That's just twisting the numbers around. I'll give you an example. Um, going into all-star breaks, have you, have you seen this trend? Okay, this I call a trend. Much like we say, well, Craig Council's teams, for the most part, they, uh, they really, you know, tromp on the accelerator uh, in September, boy, they come on. They just, they just really, they're rip roaring. Now there are cases last year where it was, you know, rest, uh, rest of your players, but check this out, Toby going into all-star breaks, uh, this year. So uh, what do they do in 2022 here? They lost eight of 11 right now, including three in a row into the break. Go back to 2021. They lost six of eight, including three in a row into the break skip 20 go to 19 they lost five of six into the all-star break 2018 a six game losing streak into the all-star break 2017 hey looky here we found we found one here they won six of seven heading into the all-star break there's your one-off 2016 they lost seven of their last 10 heading into the all-star break 2015 council's first year they lose four of six heading into the all-star break even pre-council in 2014, they lost 12 of 14 heading into the All-Star break. And then just going back for, to boot, uh, their mark was 4-7 and seven in 2013. What's going on here? I, I made a big deal earlier this year out of this magical, just wonderful off day that was coming. The team kept saying it. The players kept saying it. Everybody pointed to this wonderful, wow, if we could just get to this off day. get to the. No, you've got four games left before, the all, before that uh, day off. I know teams get, get on runs. The league rule is, uh, I believe it's 21 straight games. You can't play 21 calendar days, more than that, uh, without a day off. Well, guys, I mean, they always say take one game at a time, but why did this team back in June, point to this magical day off. And, and maybe that's a trend heading into this All-Star break where Craig Council is saying, man, if we could just get to the All-Star break, everything's going to be good. We, we, we have the special elixir. Something happens and everything clicks at the All-Star. If we can just limp our way to the All-Star, well, you're doing that. You, you've done that virtually every year but one into the All-Star break. That, to me... I don't think is fun with numbers, Toby. I really don't. Those are uh, That's an analytic that I just can't ignore. I can't do it.
2: Yeah, for whatever reason, it seems like they did it last year going into the playoffs. They did it, and you brought up numbers. Every year, it seems like, for the last decade going into the All-Star break, it seems like they take their foot off the gas, and it doesn't make a whole lot of sense because, yes, it is 162 games, and, yes, losing one or two games in the grand scheme of things shouldn't matter, but guess what? You're up a half a game right now. You're up a half a game. This division might come down to a game, two games, three games, and we could be looking back to this stretch right before the All-Star break and saying, why didn't they try a little harder? And probably not going back to look at it because, you know, outside of maybe these three games in a row, we're not going to come back and say those were the games that they should have won. But those things can make a difference over 162.
7: Yeah, they, they can. And we might look back at some uh, select games throughout the season that there's that game right there. You know, they picked that one up. They picked that one up. But, but again, I, I just th- – there's no flipping of the switch, if you will, just game one coming up this Friday mm-hmm. night in the second half. I mean, you just, just don't do that. Now, you, know, you, you have to look at individuals, and, and I think they all need to take a good look in the mirror. And, and say, hey, dude, is this acceptable for us, 50 and 43? And okay, it might be for now, but what if it lasts? So now it has to come from within. Guys like Willie Adamas, dude, you can't hit 216 in the two-hole, okay? I, I don't know what to tell you, man. Your on-base percentage is not good. You yourself, Connor Dawson, Ozzie Timmons, they're hitting coaches. This has to come from you, at this point, it's got to come from, from within. Kristen Yelich, you got to have a game changing swing once in a while. Just once in a while. I, I know you're batting leadoff, but you, you need to swing the bat mid and late game to turn some things around here. You got to pitch in in that regard. You know, this 350 on base, yeah, it's all good. I mean, you 250 batting average, 240, it's, it's okay, but it's not what we expect. You got to get better from within. Rowdy, you can't go on a 3-for-38 skid, okay? You've got to pitch in. A little bit. Colton Wong, I don't know what's going on with you, dude, but you need to pick that up. You're a veteran. You know what's going on. You need to play better. The Hunter Renfro, same deal. You're, get, you're, getting, you're getting kind of the screw job in terms of playing time and, and in the lineup. Okay, you can't control that. What you can control is when you're in the box, you have to perform better. There's not much to complain about McCutcheon, though. I mean, he's been stepping up, and uh, we'll, we'll take that out of him at 36.
2: Two fill-in-the-blanks for you here, Tim, and then we'll get to some draft mockery. First, the Brewers win the NL Central if fill-in-the-blank, and then second, the Brewers win the World Series if fill-in-the-blank.
7: Well, if they, uh, on, the, uh, on the first one, on the, on the Central, uh, if they play to their near their expectations – they don't have to exceed their expectations, just play near them. And they've got the central, the essential. If now the second one on the world series, if they far exceed their expectations, that is a big mountain to climb right now. That again, it's a huge, huge mountain to climb. Can it, can it occur? Yes, it can. This team, as I said, is fully capable of getting on that run. The timing in a lot of this stuff is, is big yeah you know, a lot of people are gonna say well bring in bring in more hitters and you might want to think about bringing in a starting pitcher and you know just just go over your expectations. We expected a deep run by this team this year I, I not just us this isn't Tim the Brewer fan talk, and this is like national analysts, for what it's worth um they had they had all said that hey these guys deep run team they're a deep run team so Exceed those expectations, and you'll get to a World Series. If you get near them, you're certainly going to win the Central and then get into the postseason.
2: One last one, I guess, off of that. Josh is going to have to be a big part. How worried are you about this little skid, or is this just kind of a little rough patch that he hits? He seems to hit one every year. Maybe this is the worst one he's hit in a while, but it's just a rough patch. How do you feel about Hader?
7: We all get, we all get punched in the face. In, in just about everything we do, whether it's at work or whether it's, you know, in the dating world or whether that's, you know, gambling or, you know, whatever it might be, we, we all get sobered up. We could be uh, cruising down 894 and it's a near absolute collision that is just of the epic and it straightens us up. All of these things, whatever it be in your life, that's kind of what, this is kind of what Josh is going through. He's getting an, an abrupt punch in the nose. And he's, he's, he's realizing that it's not that easy. Now, Craig Counsel is going to back this guy, obviously, and he should. Uh, his comments were, he's going to help him. We need to, we need to help him through this. Of course, that's, that's what you need to do. But it's a sobering thought to think that, hater, you weren't going to waltz through absolutely perfect this year. It, it just wasn't going to happen and and most guys if not all guys in baseball and professional sports they get humbled a little bit at times now what do you do afterwards you get you got to get mean or whatever it takes you got got to get <clears throat> back on the horse and get going here scared straight i don't know what it might be but they dude they need him and and your team is far worse without Josh Hader and those of you that want him traded I get the sentiment. I get the big picture. I I understand all that stuff. You want a deep run. You got to have Josh Hader on your baseball team to have it. There's time to make some adjustments here. The window is now you Josh Hader. We're going to see what kind of fight is in him. And I think you get at this level. Most of these baseball players, when, when you get to the show, at some point, or in future points, they've they've got a a thickened spine, and they've got they've got the fight and the will and the intestinal fortitude to step up during times like this. Assuming it's not an injury, I mean, if it's an injury, that's a perfectly one hundred percent legitimate excuse, because then you know you you can't. Fight the most players can't fight through an injury while competing at the elite level. They can compete, but not at the elite level. The the knockdown uh you know consensus number one if you're heard. But disregard the injury, and I we there's no reports of any injuries or anything. It's gotta come from within him, and I think there's some fight in him. And that has to happen. Guys, you win baseball games. Think about this. They're seven-inning baseball games, when you play the Milwaukee Brewers, three out of four times, it's a seven-inning game. Take or leave box. Forget about the, the got-box-Milner combination in the seventh inning. Just go eighth and ninth. That is a win almost every single night. It's a victory. you got to keep that in order to get to a World Series.
2: 100% agree, Tim, and now it is time for... Some Knights Gourmet Popcorn, Giraffe Mockery.
7: Come on now and try to understand The way this popcorn feels in my hand Take a scoop and put it in your mouth And eat some now Yes, eat some now Yes, eat some now Ow, 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 ow
6: Go!
4: Popcorn! Try it at night! Gourmet popcorn! Cherry sweet corn or Milwaukee mix! You gotta have Knight's Gourmet Popcorn!
2: There you heard it from yeah. the one and only voice of Bart Winkler. Uh-huh. It is uh-huh. time for draft mockery presented by Knights Gourmet Popcorn. Knights Gourmet Popcorn is providing you with the freshest gourmet popcorn in Milwaukee since 1952. Mention 1250am the fan. For 20% off. Sam Schmitz, take it away.
6: Alright, Friday we did a home run derby of the current MLB players in 2022. Uh, Toby, you ended up winning the draft on Let's Friday. Go. 44% of the vote. I finished in second with 36%. Evan finishing in third with 19% of the vote. <laughs> I, I guess so. You know. uh, but anyway, so the, the standings now for season three of Draft Mockery. Myself, still in the lead with six wins. Toby, you are now solely in second place with three. Let's go. Kevin Holden and Stephanie Sutton tied for third with two each. And then Evan Heffelfinger has one. Tim Shea has one. Tim, you have one. Adam Roberts has one. Bart has one. And Scott Grotsky, also with one victory in last place. And today's draft order. Um, Tim, we were kind of talking about it on Friday because we did the current MLB player home run derby. We were kind of curious to see... What you were going to do if you had the number one pick because if we were going by how I normally do this, Toby would have had the first pick today, he'll have it tomorrow. But we, we, Toby, and I both agreed that we wanted to give you the first pick today because we wanted to see if we did an all time player home run derby, what path you would go with all time. All time, you can even be you know players like Hector Gomez. Uh, the rules are if they played in Major League Baseball, they are fair game, and they're we're just (laughs) basing them, you know, all in their prime, literally anybody. Brewers are fine. It's like you can go with Brewers if you want to too. I can so, go with Nadorf. You can go with Nadorf on his uh, you know debut day if you want. So uh, Tim, you'll have the first pick. Toby, you're gonna go second. I'll go third.
7: Never forget it. Mid seventies, little kid taking pictures. I uh, love taking pictures. I was just getting into uh, developing my own my own pictures. I seal off a closet and have these trays and liquids and acids laying around. I'd sneak down with my <clears throat> Instamatic camera and take photos of, of Hank Aaron, and I was mesmerized by this. I still have these pictures uh, here today. Just epic pictures, but you can't... You, he's the king, and and I know numbers are made, records are made to be broken, but he'll always be the home run king, Hank Aaron.
2: Hell yeah. Alright, Toby, your first pick. Oh. I'm gonna take the non-legitimate home run king. <laughs> I'll take Barry Bonds. All right.
7: I don't like it.
6: I know, but this is a home run derby. At the end of the day, we're not going. You know, who's the greatest home run? You know, home run hitter of all time. Um, all right. Yeah. It's my first pick. I think Toby and I, <laughs> Toby and I, you might realize a trend with our first couple picks here. Um, I'm gonna go with Mark McGuire. You guys are cheating. <laughs> no, we're not. I said, anybody is fair game.
7: <laughs> I, I've already won we're, this thing. We're Willie built. Mays, we're just. We'll, all right. All right. Willie w- Mays. Willie Mays is my second pick.
2: All right. Say hey, kid.
6: All
7: right. I've already won this thing. I'm going to steer clear
2: have. of steer, uh, steroids for one. I'm going to take the kid, Ken Griffey Jr.
6: All right. I'll go with
7: Sammy, Sosa. <laughs> Sammy there, Sosa. Oh, there we go.
2: <laughs> I was going to take him with my next one. So, <laughs> All
6: right. Uh, wow. Tim, back to you. We're all in uh, round three. <laughs> This is a home run derby, all right? It's a home run derby. (laughs) You
7: guys do have great teams, though. I got to go with Babe Ruth. Mm. I mean, wow. (laughs) You guys are getting crushed. Did you see the uh, Kenosha Kingfish mascot? Uh, get yes. trucked yeah. by A.J. Dillon. The- okay, that's what's happening to you two right
6: <laughs> now. Are we, though? Because on Friday, I picked the best players in baseball, and Toby won with, like, John Carlos Stanton, Pete Alonzo, guys who have been known to win home run derbies. Yeah. So we'll see, you know? That's why we let the people decide. Um,
2: <laughs> Toby, right. your third pick. Let's see. I'm going to go with... <laughs> I don't think I'm going to go steroids on this one. I might go with my last. I'm going to no. take Jim Tomey. It's hmm. a good one. Good. Interesting pick there.
6: Um, let's see. Give me... I'll go Pujols for my third pick. Tim, yeah. your last pick. It's not steroids, Whoa. age. I got, oh, no, I got McGuire and Pujols. Jeez, <laughs> what have I done? <laughs>
7: now, um, boy, and there Sosa. are some just wonderful players here. I'm not going Rafael Palmero mm-hmm. who hit a lot more home runs than people, people really think. Um, Mike Schmidt is there? Mickey Mantle is there at five hundred and thirty-six. and a big name. So you go with Willie Mays, Hank Aaron, Babe Ruth, and Mickey Mantle. Oof. If I lose this, I may quit draft mockery and <laughs> never do it again. Oh man! So I'm going Mickey Mantle, <laughs> and I'm it? telling you, if I lose, I'm done. I'm all done because it, it's not fair. It's all full of cheating. <laughs>
6: Hey, it's not our fault. <laughs> Blame the commissioner. Um, I'm not the commissioner by
7: the way. <laughs> uh Toby, your last pick.
2: Oh, do I go steroids or do I not go steroids? Well, the way I, I help see you it. No. Go with
7: Reggie Jackson or Frank Robinson. I was no.
2: considering Mr. October. I was go considering steroids. him. Go steroids. Um,
7: there's A-Rod with a big number.
2: It's A-Rod or Reggie Jackson for me. That's an easy one. Uh,
6: (laughs) believe it or not i'm not going with the steroid guy tim (laughs) there
2: yeah i think i'm gonna go mr october reggie jackson and for whatever reason we did sweetest swings i went all lefties and i went all lefties again today no i did not realize that
6: all right i feel like this is uh more pressure than the first pick of this draft having the last pick of this draft (laughs) because i could go with another steroid guy could go with frank robinson like you said tim um, but this is a home run derby at the end of the day, and I want guys who have won home run derbies on my team. Um, and I feel like this guy can still, you know, put up 40 home runs in a derby. I'm going to go with John Carlos Stanton, not the Hall of Famer that we all expected for the last pick. Mm. But I know if I have him on my team, I got a good chance to win a home sure. run. Sure, it might cost me a couple <laughs> votes, but it will. I feel good
7: in my strategy. It's, yeah, it's, I, I just, regardless of who you chose, just. Well, let's recap the teams here. Yeah, I, know, listen, I know. Listen, folks, to the names on my hey, team. I but then took, remember, I we're doing—we're not—we're not playing nine, Tim. <laughs> we're doing a home run derby. All right.
6: All right. Quick recap of the teams: Tim, Hank Aaron, Willie Mays, Babe Ruth, Mickey Mantle, mm. Toby. <laughs> <laughs> <Come on. laughs> I swear, if my team loses, I'm going to laugh so hard. Or if my team wins, uh, Toby, your team: Barry Bonds, Ken Griffey Jr., Tim Tomei, Reggie Jackson. And then my team. stripe yourself in, folks. <laughs> Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa, Albert Pujols, and John Carlos Stanton. Not what you're expecting, huh? Oh man, why don't you just go all in on
7: the steroids?
6: I I can't take it.
2: Good clean fun. I'm not. A, I,
6: I can't. I can't stand A Rod.
7: McGuire, Sosa, A Rod, and, and Palmero. Eh,
2: nah. no. Uh, real quick, before we let you go, Tim, who you got in the Derby tonight?
7: Gosh, I. I usually take a little break. I'll watch it a little bit. I'm going to go out with Austin and Billy tonight and, you know, have a few beers and we'll have it on for sure. But mm, I don't know. I, I, I don't care who wins. I really don't. <laughs> I, I don't. Honestly, it's just, yeah. I don't blame Let's it. Let's see it. I you know, I, it. I, I, I when Hamilton was doing his thing years ago, that, that was sort of just wow kind of factor. Oh, wow. But. To, to win th- uh, three in a row for for the gentleman in New York, I, I guess I'll go with him.
2: Sounds good. Yeah, I think that's a pretty good pick. I think I'm going to go with Schwarber, but we're going to get into that a little bit later. Tim, I appreciate you for joining us, man.
7: You got it. We'll see everyone tomorrow morning on
2: uh, the Bart Winkler Show. There you got it from Tim Allen, the host of the Gene Wagner Plumbing Baseball Post Game Show. He joined us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. If applying for a home renovation loan has you feeling anxious, breathe, and let Great Midwest Bank help you experience the state of bank clarity. Get started at greatmidwestbank.com today. We'll take a quick break. When we come back, it's time for Pick a Lane here on the Fan Afternoon Show with Toby and Sam.